let's let's look at these scriptures today, and uh, it's found in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse number one, and this is Solomon talking to himself. He says this, and I said to myself, "Come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life." But I found that this too was meaningless. And so I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? And after much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. And in this way, I tried to express the only happiness people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find the meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks. I filled them with all kinds of fruit trees. I, bought, I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, men and women, and others were born in my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. And so I became greater than all who had ever lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work and reward for all of my labors. And verse number 11 says it all. And But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind, and there was nothing really worthwhile anyway. I've been talking to you about traveling through uh, deep waters uh, in this, and, and we started out by talking about Ezekiel had this vision of this river, and first of all, he was led through ankle-deep water, and then he was led uh, through knee-deep water next, waist-deep, and then he, he came to, to, to such a place in that river that it was so deep, it was over his head, and he had to make a decision, would he be able to swim or was he going to drown? I believe that river represented the, the Trinity, if you will. It represented the awesome power of God. It represented the work of the Holy Spirit. And then also it, it, it represented the word of God and the understanding that God gives us where God wants us to release complete control to him. And uh, the only way your life is ever going to uh, make any sense to you, the only, only way there's ever going to be any mean, meaning is if we just release control of, of our life to God. And we say, Lord, here am I. I, I. I come before you. I give myself to you. And help me, dear God, because life can be like a raging river. And when the water is shallow, we're in complete control. We can safely navigate whenever we're just walking through ankle-deep water. And as we begin to go a little bit further, we say, well, this isn't too bad. And we begin to move forward. And, and we, 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 as, as the water gets a little bit deeper and the struggle gets a little bit greater, things begin to intensify. And we finally reach a place in our life 
where it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to make it. It doesn't seem like there's any, any, anything that makes sense in all of this. And we've got to get to that point. And it's at that point many times that people release control over to something. It might be a substance. Uh, it might be uh, one, one serial relationship after another. But people release themselves to something. It, it could be releasing yourself to food. It could be releasing yourself to something as a release. But wise men and women release control to God. And they say, listen, God, there's the only meaning is really in, in, in you. The only purpose is, is really in you today. And so today I, I ask you the question, do you feel like you are swimming or drowning today? Where are you at in your life? And I want to talk to you about uh, the wisdom of God that, that will sustain us through all of the waters of life and all of the, all the circumstances of life. You know, throughout time, people have held a lot of certain ideas and beliefs, okay? And at one time, people said this, if you ever heard this, if you crack your knuckles, it's going to cause arthritis. You ever heard that before? Uh, there was someone, they said, if you drop something on the floor, a piece of food on the floor, if you got five seconds, you can take it, eat it. There won't be any germs on it, okay? There's all kinds of ideas. There's ideas that say, and I, I've always thought this was true, that you could see the Great Wall of China from space, okay? There's all kinds of ideas. There's all, all kinds of notions. There's, there's, there's a notion that if you swallow chewing gum, it takes seven years for your body to digest it. There's an idea that says that after a person dies, their hair and fingernails keep growing, okay? Now, all of those are fun, interesting facts. I don't know how fun they are, but... <laughs> I hate to tell you, they're all false, okay? There's no truth in any, any of them. And in the past, people even had distorted belief systems. Sigmund Freud taught that cocaine was a safe and useful tonic that cured depression. Yet, it cures depression, all right, for, for a little while, okay? There was a time in history when women were considered property, all right? Just because an idea was popular at one time doesn't mean it's valid. Today, just because ideas are popular today doesn't mean that they are valid, it doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean that they are true. The first point I want to talk to you about is this. Popular ideas will not sustain us or carry us through the raging waters of life. It might sound good. It might seem logical. But popular ideas in and of themselves are totally valuable. There's a lot of popular ideas that's dominating our culture today. Here are some of those. There's no absolute truth. Man is self-sufficient. Live to please yourself. Anything between consenting adults is good and it is okay. It's survival of the fittest. It's there's no right way or wrong way. There's just your way. These are popular ideas, but they will not necessarily sustain you in your life. There's an idea that says this, if you get caught, just blame someone else. There's a popular idea that says this, if you find something, you can keep it. If you take something, you can keep it, okay? If you take something when no one else is looking, you know, unless you get caught, it's, it's yours. Just keep, that's a belief system that is false today. There's a lot of popular ideas, but they bring no peace, 
And with the popular ideas, here's what happens. A growing divorce rate, okay? More depression, more suicide, more despondency, if you will, more broken homes, more addiction, rising prison population. Why? Because people are giving themselves over to popular ideas. Why do we have so many abandoned children? Popular ideas. I want to live for myself. I want to please myself. I just want to be happy. I've talked to people before that had an affair, okay? And they said, the reason I did it was I just wanted to be happy. And I deserve to be happy. And it made me happy, and that's why. I did it. Just because it's a popular idea, just because it makes you happy, doesn't mean that it is good. King Solomon is known as the wisest king of all. He was also one of the richest kings. When Solomon became king of Israel, God came down. You recall that story. God came down and asked Solomon. He said, Solomon, you can ask for anything you want. And, and Solomon said this. He told God, he said, give me wisdom. And God told Solomon, he said, because you've asked for wisdom and not wealth or fame, he said, I'll give you all of them. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you wealth. I will also give you notoriety. I will give you everything because you ask for wisdom. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 3. But here's what happened to Solomon. Solomon got very bored with his life. Sometimes it's easy to get bored when you're on top, okay? When you're up here, he got bored with everything. He got bored. You say, what happened to Solomon? He stopped talking to God. What happened to Solomon? He stopped praying. He stopped communicating with God. I don't care where you get in God. We're all, we all must continue to grow in God. I will continue to grow in God. As, as long as I live, I've been, I've been, I was raised in a Christian home, okay? My, my parents were pastors, all right? The, just, I was a couple days old, Darla, I went to church for the first time. My mom was the piano player, my mom was right over here, put me in a little crib next to the piano while she played so she could settle me down, you know? If I start crying, she could stick a bottle in my mouth or something like that, okay? I can remember being on the front seat with my cousin, Monty Rourke. He was here in church with us about a month ago, okay? And he was here, sat back over here, in the, and, and he was pastor in St. Louis right now, came down and was with us. And I remember me and Monty on the front row playing air guitar, okay? Because we, we wanted to be in the band. Wow, look at us. We're playing air guitar up here, Okay? Listen, I've been around the things of God my whole life. And you say, well, Pastor Bob, I think you probably got it figured out. No, listen, I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm becoming. And there are times, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, folks, there's times I read the Bible and I say, wow. And I've read it over and over again. And I say, I don't quite understand that. You know, Holy Spirit, help me. God, help me to understand exactly what I'm reading here in your book, because I'm learning, I'm growing. But what happened to Solomon, he got very bored in his life as, as king. He got very bored and neglected his relationship with God. He stopped praying. He stopped talking to God on a, on a daily basis. And we have got to be careful of boredom, neglect, and complacency. We've got to make our walk and relationship with God top priority, okay? Listen, if you're married... We can get bored and complacent in our marriage, okay? And so if you're married, make your marriage a priority, okay? 
That's, that's a good thing. Okay, keep it, keep it fresh, if you will. If, if you're a Christian, hopefully you know Christ, your Savior. Keep your walk and relationship with God fresh. Solomon set out on a pursuit for God. Initially, he was on a pursuit for God, but, but he eventually got bored with that. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to talk to God. It wasn't enough to, to call out to God in, in the midnight hour. He got bored with all those things. And so here's what Solomon did. He set out on a pursuit to find the meaning and the purpose of life. He didn't talk to God about it, but what he did was he talked to himself about it. We get a lot of problems when we talk ourselves into stuff, Okay. The Bible says this, the scripture says this, all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes. You can literally, if you, if you don't talk to God about it and talk to yourself about it, you can literally talk yourself into anything. You can justify anything that you do today. Now, Solomon had wisdom, he, he, but, but even in spite of his wisdom, because of his boredom, because of his complacency, because he put his relationship with God up on a shelf, he made a lot of mistakes in his life, okay? We expect dumb, pe dumb people to do dumb things, but Solomon was a, a wise man, and he was doing dumb, ridiculous things. I read about a guy who walked into a bank in, in, in Augusta, Georgia, and he had this $1 million bill that he had printed up, okay? We expect dumb people to do dumb things. He walked in that bank. It is a bank. Okay, it is a bank that is that receives currency from the U.S. Treasury, if you will. And he walked in there with a homemade bill that said one million dollars and tried to open a bank account. In the first place, there is no bills that are one million dollar denomination. And in the second place, they knew that it was a counterfeit. And so they called the police. We expect dumb people to do thumb, dumb things. But sometimes smart people do dumb things because we talk ourselves into it and, and we justify it in our actions. But God gives us wisdom. We got to learn to use the wisdom because popular ideas and our own logic won't carry us through the rivers of life. Point number two, you can't navigate the river of life on your own. Solomon thought this. You can't navigate the river on your own. You can't navigate life on your own. You can't navigate life by the seat of your pants, if you will. Solomon thought, I can do this by myself. I'm wise enough on my own. I'm rich enough on my own. No one is going to tell me what to do. I am the king. And so here's what he tried to do. If you notice, my hands are really dirty today. The reason is, is because I, I had to spray foam caulking and I'm spraying all these little holes and stuff and for the inspector. And, and so I got this stuff. You ever get spray foam insulation on your hands? Wear gloves. I get to, I've had this stuff and I've been trying to wear it off. I've been trying to sand it off. I've been trying to do whatever I can. So my hands are clean. They just look like they're dirty today. Okay, so sorry about that. But Solomon thought, I can do this all by myself. No one is going to tell me what to do. And he tried to find the meaning and purpose through pleasure. Debbie and I were talking about this just the other day. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines, okay? 
His, his house is like being at a convention every day, okay? He's running into women he's married to and, and living with. He doesn't even know them, okay? <laughs> well, I can't imagine. Sometimes God, godly people, even godly people do things that displease God. But here's what God, like a parent, God says, okay, it's going to be painful. Okay, you're going to have a lot of heartache because of it. But because of your rebellion, because of your stubbornness, I'm going to let you go ahead and do it anyway. Okay? You wonder, how in the world would God allow Solomon to marry 700 wives and 300 concubines or mistresses? And because God said, listen, okay, do it your way. Have it your way. Okay? And that's what Solomon did. He sought the meaning of life through extravagance. He, thought, he sought the meaning of life through excess, through wealth, through possessions. He even sought the meaning of life through hard work and labor. You know, I, I, think, I think one of the greatest pleasures in all the world, you want know to tell you what it is? Greatest, one of my greatest pleasures is to go, now currently I'm a full-time pastor, okay, but right now I'm working full-time building a church, <laughs> okay. But one of the greatest pleasures in all of life is going to work on Monday morning and working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And when I leave that place on Friday with my paycheck in my pocket and I think back to all that I did is one of the greatest experiences in all of life. It's one of the most satisfying experiences in all of life. Working. Solomon tried to find the meaning of life through hard work. He sought the meaning of life through philosophy. And in his con conclusion, he said this, there is nothing of lasting importance in any of it. Second, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 70, so I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling and everything is meaningless like chasing the wind. He got to the point Solomon got to the point where a lot of people just commit suicide. Why? He came to that point where he said, I can't navigate life on my own. I can't navigate anymore by my wealth, by my fame, by being the king, by being the top dog. I can't navigate anymore. He came, he woke up one day, and he remembered, God, I pray that if you're here in this place and you're running from God, I pray that the day comes, and I pray it's today, that you wake up and remember God. If you're watching online today, and maybe you've been running from God for a long time, and I think there's someone that's watching today that's been at that point, you've been running from God for a long time, you forgot about God, you've tried everything else under the sun, but I pray that you wake up and remember God, that you wake up and remember your Savior, Jesus Christ, that you wake up and remember something that you were taught in a Sunday school class when you were just a child. I pray that you wake up. Solomon came to that place in his life. He woke up. He said, I can't navigate this thing on my own. He woke up. He remembered God. Solomon learned, apart from God, there is no fulfillment. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 25. Who can eat or enjoy anything, listen to this, apart from him? Who's him? God. We can't enjoy anything aside from God. Apart from God, my friend, apart from God, there's, there'll be no peace. Apart from God, you'll have no joy. 
Apart from God, you'll have no purpose in your life. Apart from God, I will drown in a sea of, uh, of the raging seas of life. And there's a lot of people today that are trying to figure out life. They're working on their philosophy. They're, they're, they're trying to write their career, their creed. They're trying to write their own manifesto. They're trying to write it. They're trying to figure it all out. by their, They're working on their belief system by listening to some popular pundit. They're, they're watching something. On, they're, they're following Long Island Medium. They're, they're doing meditation. They're, they're looking through TV and the media. They're listening for public opinion. They're studying political systems. Why? Because tens of millions of people today are looking, they're longing, they're searching, they're wanting something that's real. There's people that you work with every day that's looking for what you got. They're looking for a real relationship with Jesus Christ, and they just don't know it. Years ago, when we were over the, the American Legion, I don't know if you knew this or not, but there was a coven of witches that used to come into that park and, and practice black magic. And I met one of them one day and was talking to them. I didn't know, they, I didn't know the guy was a warlock until he told me he was. I said, wow. It was, it was October the 30th, and he was out there. They said, we're out here practicing our black magic. I said, really? I'm the pastor of the church. We know who you are. We know you guys are here. You say, Pastor Bob, did it scare you? No, it didn't scare me a bit. You know why? Because he was searching for a real relationship with Jesus Christ. He didn't know it. It didn't bother me at all. I prayed for him. I said, God, get a hold of that man. He's looking for something that's real. He's looking for something that's like Solomon. He tried everything else. Nothing else worked for him. He was looking for something. And there's tens of millions of people today that are searching. They're looking. They're, they want answers to the most challenging questions in life. They're trying to make sense out of everything. They're trying to survive in the raging waters of life. And every single one of us has got a belief system, okay? Every one of us, our belief system is based upon what our family taught us, our mom taught us, our dad taught us, our experiences taught us, uh, something that's happened in our life, maybe our background, maybe our religion, uh, what our, whatever. It's based on the stuff that we picked up here and the stuff that we picked up there. And, and there's a lot of times it doesn't make any sense to us, but it's kind of our belief system and we, we hold on to it. But I want, I want you to be very, very careful with your belief system, okay? It needs to be based upon the things of God and the Word of God, all right? Our belief system, not just what we pick up here and we pick up there. And so what I always use as the true measure of what truth is, is the microscope of God's Word. And I say this, how does that measure up to God's Word? How does that hold up to God's Word? And if it holds up to God's Word, they say, well, it's good. That's good. And that's the indicator today. But we've got to be very careful what we base our life on. We've got to be very careful that our life and what we do is based on truth and not error because everything depends upon it. We are on a life journey today, every one of us. Here's the problem. <laughs> Here's the biggest problem, okay? There's other people that's following us. Our kids are following us. Our friends are following us, all right? Our grandchildren are following us. And we've got to be very careful 
of what we attach ourselves to. we got to be very careful what we, what we build our life on because Jesus told the people in Luke chapter 6, verse 39, can one blind person lead another person? Won't they both fall into the ditch? You see, our destination in life depends on what we put our faith and what we put our hope in. If we set out to drive to the state of California... And we said, okay, we're going to drive to California. It's probably going to take, oh, it's probably going to take us about 30 hours. But we're going to drive to the state. If we're going to drive to Los Angeles, California, and we decide that, that, that on such and such a date, we're going to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We're going to take off on our journey to drive to California. So here's what we do. We put, a lot, we put our confidence in our vehicle to get us there, okay? Because... <laughs> If we get stuck out in the middle of desert somewhere, that's not going to be good. That's not a good, good place to be. But there's a lot of people, and we put our confidence in a vehicle. We put our confidence in a system, and we take off in the journey of life. And you know what happens? Out there in the middle somewhere, out there in the desert somewhere, we get broke down. And then we're kind of up to the mercy of whatever, whoever drives by or stops by. And, hey, you need some help? Hey, buddy, you need some help over there? You need someone to? we got to be very careful today. The last thing I want to talk to you about. You see, if our belief system is faulty, if our belief system is faulty, then other people that's following us or traveling with us, they're going to be victims of that fall. They're going to be victims of that breakdown. We've got to be careful. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says this, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it's end, but it ends in death. So let's keep our eyes up on God. Last point, very quickly, and I'll close. We got to allow God to carry us through the rivers of life. So the question remains today, what are we building our life on? What is supporting us? What is supporting my thoughts? What is supporting my actions? Solomon wrote this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So my friend today, the question is, what are we trusting in? What are we depending upon? What are we standing for today? And then when we put it under the microscope of God's word, we know this. Is it good? Is it valid? Or is it something that I need to stay away from? You see, some people trust in God when it's convenient, and then when it's not convenient, we trust in ourselves. Sometimes we stand for one thing in the crowd, and then when we, when we get all alone, we stand for something else. Sometimes we're at church, we stand for one thing, and then we get alone, we stand for something else. What are we standing for today? Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. So my brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. You see, if you want peace of mind, if you want freedom from bondage, okay, if you want to be able to navigate through the rivers of life today, we build upon Christ. Upon Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand today. Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5, And just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, 
so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. You've got to get into God's word. I say this all the time, okay? And there are some of you that's sitting here today that I witness. I know you're in the word of God because I can see a lot of the stuff that you're posting on social media, all right? And it's like, I was talking to Debbie the other day. I said, man, you know, so-and-so, man, I can really tell they're really getting into the word because I see what's going on in their life and I read what's going on in their life and just like, wow. And that's what we got to do. We got to get into the word of God and be a student of God's word. And there are those that say, oh, that's boring. That's just so, I, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to do it either. I'm the pastor. I don't want to do it either. <laughs> but I must. But I must, you know, I got I, I, I have a time frame that I sit down every morning and I get my Bible out and I read it. And it, I know sometimes it drives my wife nuts, you know, it's like, I got to. And, and she's got her time that she does too, you know. She's like, babe, but, but weren't we going to go out and do, no, I got to have that time. I got to have that time. I got that space. I got that block of time. And we're students of God's word, and we're learning about God, and, and, and I'm, I'm praying every single day. You say, well, I don't have a lot of time to pray. Listen, if you're sitting at a stoplight, pray. <laughs> if you're standing in line at Walmart, okay, pray. Talk to God. It always seems like I get in the wrong line, okay? You know why? Because God says you're not praying enough. You're not talking to me enough, okay? <laughs> I was in Florida about six months ago, and I got in the, you know, the greatest, the, the Chick-fil-A runs the greatest drive-through in America, don't they? Don't they? Amazing. I got in the slowest Chick-fil-A line I've ever been in my life. You know, it's like two lines like this. I get in the one that doesn't move for 30 minutes. So what did I do? I tried to get in the other lane, and then it didn't move for 30 minutes. And God said, you have this time to pray. You have this time to talk to me, okay? Because when I get into God's word and I begin to pray and I begin to talk to God and I begin to pray in the spirit, I don't develop a worldview, I develop a God view. As I make Christ the anchor of my life, as I make Christ the cornerstone of my life, as I allow Jesus Christ to be the author and the finisher of my faith. I'd like for the worship team to come if they would. Solomon had it all. He had everything that anyone would ever work for. But he just wound up getting bored and frustrated. He wound up, he tried to find meaning and purpose in pleasure and multiple, <laughs> not tens of relationships, hundreds of relationships. Every time he'd meet a nice girl, I'll just marry her. I'm already married to Sal. I'll just live with her. Okay. These single guys over here really loving this, okay? <laughs> he tried to find meaning of life through philosophy. He, he tried to find meaning of life through political ideology. He tried to find it. He was looking. He was longing. He was searching. He said, you know what? I, I followed after that God thing for a while, and it just didn't really float my boat too much. So I'm going to look at another another avenue. I'm going to look another, another way. And he looked at everything else under the sun. And he finally came to the conclusion, if you read the whole book, that Solomon said this, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. That's the whole story. 
Here's what he said. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God, obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. And God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. My friend, popular ideas will not carry us through the waters of life. You're not smart enough to navigate your life by yourself. You're not wise enough. You're not rich enough today. You're not powerful enough. And even if you were like Solomon, it wouldn't be enough. Because none of us, he said, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge the Lord, and he will direct your paths. Because why? Because God is going to carry us through the rivers of life. God is going to be with us. God is leading us. God is guiding us. You say, I've heard that before. I just don't know it. I just don't believe it today. That is the great lie of the devil. He wants you to become bored with it. He wants you to be complacent with it. Why? Because he knows that if he can get you to reject the things of God, that you are finished. And there come a point in Solomon's life where it looked like he was finished. But then he looked up and he remembered God. I encourage you to do that today. Look up and remember God. Remember your Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember something you were taught as a child. Remember that. Remember God today. Let's close with prayer. Dear God, today we're just so thankful, Lord, for your word. Thankful, God. I pray, God, that we would just release control of our life to you. We would release control of our life to your awesome power, God. That we would release control of our mind and our thoughts to your word and to your wisdom, dear God. That we would release control through the working of the Holy Spirit in our life, through the, to the Trinity, dear God. I just pray, dear Lord, that you would help us and lead us and guide us. And there are those of us, God, that complacency and boredom are starting to set in. But that's just a device and a trick of the devil. But God, we need to be anchored. We need to be standing on a firm foundation of your word. Let us recommit and rededicate ourselves to be students of your word and prayer warriors like Daniel prayed three times a day. Let us get to that point in our life and be full of your power and full of your Holy Spirit. Bless us, help us, I pray, encourage us encourage us. There's someone that's been looking. There's someone that's been longing. There's someone that's been struggling. But I pray, God, like Solomon, that we'll wake up and look to you. Look to Christ, our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? These guys are going to play and sing a song. And as they do,